Hey, welcome to Urban Planning is Not Boring. I'm Sam. And I'm Nat. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Urban Planning is Not Boring. Today, we have a very exciting guest. We have Shiva Gomi, um, who works for Afgang which is based in New York and Offgang offers services in architecture, planning and community development and engineering. Shiva has a bachelor's of architecture degree and a master's degree in urban design, as well as a master's degree in architecture and urban and regional planning and currently serves as the director of planning and community development at Ofgang. And Shiva, I just want to invite you to add anything else that you would like to say about yourself or any sort of introductory thoughts that you have. Thank you so much, Samantha and Natalie, both of you. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be on this podcast. I'm very excited for this conversation. Um, But yes, I think you said it all. Um, My background is in architecture and urban design and urban planning. Uh, I have a lot of experience um, and, um, uh, you know, background in architecture from my own country. I'm originally from Iran. And after moving to U.S., I tried to focus more on urban planning and urban design, which has been always my passion. Um, And as of now, as you mentioned, I run the... um, planning department at Offking and we are working on a variety of like very exciting projects in the city and uh, in other states. So, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today, Shiva. And we're really excited to kind of get into the conversation about the work that you're doing. Um, But before we jump in, Sam and I, and I'm sure our listeners would kind of really love to know if you could tell us just a little bit more about what your role at Offgang as the Director of Planning and Community Development entails. You have mentioned that you are the only planner at Offgang. And so how do you kind of feel that this unique background benefits you at your firm? Absolutely. Um, So I um, technically direct short and long term range of plans and um, studies and and zoning analysis and feasibility reports um, at the, you know, with the planning team, with my team. Uh, We technically prepare a variety of studies, reports and uh, related information for future developments um, throughout the city, throughout New York City and also in tri-state area. Um, but we have a couple ongoing projects in other parts of the U.S. as well, uh, which are really exciting, um, you know, to get familiar with other uh, parts of the U.S., the way that they function in terms of policymaking, like approval process. Um, and um, if I want to add to what I do with the, uh, at the planning um, department, I also coordinate all the activities, the workloads, and uh, everything in terms of coordinating with other departments and teams uh, in the office. Um, so technically my team, uh, usually when a project comes in, we do a feasibility study and we look into, uh, we, we look into like the zoning analysis, the feasibility report and um, afterwards. So we are technically at the beginning of the pipeline of the workload. Um, and then once the, um, the client is happy with the, the study and with what the future development look like, then we hand the project over to architecture team or it goes to um, the habilitation department or engineering for like getting further developed. Um, 
so yeah, it's 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 a it's a mix of management and supervising the team along with uh, coordinating with other departments and and putting um, studies together. Thank you so much for talking about your role, Afgang. I think it's really helpful for people to kind of hear about how planners can kind of become integrated into a firm that, you know, does more than just planning, architecture, engineering. And I think something that's really interesting and something that Natalie and I saw at USC having professors who are architects, professors who are planners, professors who kind of straddled both, um, there are some different some differences between the fields. And so as someone who is both an architect and a planner, um, how do you kind of see that relationship between architecture and planning and what unique perspectives does your dual background bring to the table? Yes, that's a, I think that's really interesting. I, I entered architecture uh, with so much love and so much excitement. And, and as I mentioned, I have a lot of years of experiences that I, you know, I've worked in the architecture field. Um, but, um, I think being a hybrid, like when I switched to urban planning and urban design, um, they gave me, um, like that background, the, the mutual background and, and mixed background from architecture and urban planning, um, is giving me like a skill set, um, with like a different perspective and special perspective to, to bridge over the gap that we have between architecture projects and and urban planning projects in terms of scale in terms of looking at different issues and different uh different ways of problem solving uh, approaches um so so having that ability to uh focusing at you know bigger picture um with like looking at the community needs and the impacts on the surrounding area uh, and at the same time having the um Having in mind how each building would play a role as a standalone, a standalone entity uh, in the project, and you know, all together, uh, the ultimate goal is to meet the client's need and um, desire, right? So that that's the part that everything overlaps together, and um, and we you know we all uh, shoot for the same goal. But having again being hybrid definitely helps to bridge that gap. That was a great way to kind of kind of explain those like synergies and, and um, you know, just having that dual background. Sam and I are always talking about how great it is that there are so many people involved in the urban planning space that do have such diverse backgrounds. So thank you so much for sharing that. And we were kind of hoping, you know, when we talk about urban planning, it's such a broad kind of you know, urban planning is just quite broad in general. Um, and there are so many different things that are intertwined in the field of urban planning. And so those can often come with a larger set of goals. And so in your experience, what are some of the challenges that arise when you're kind of trying to integrate an architectural vision within the larger scope of urban planning goals? And how do you kind of find ways to align those two aspects and create, you know, a cohesive and kind of vibrant urban space when you're when you're planning for a project or, you know, when you're trying to to achieve those goals, those larger goals. Right. I think the main um, challenge comes in, you know, it all goes down in terms of like the, the scale of the project. Right. Um, like 
different skills that you look at for an architecture project is it's totally different than the urban design and even urban planning, um, um, you know, studies and and um, and, and projects. So. The, the scale, I would say, the area of focus that you, like different professions look into different types of systems, right? So I would say that architecture deals with building systems, uh, building envelopes and trying to resolve and um, resolve the issues of like, this, that, like that type of system within a building and, um, you know, like creating the physical environment, um, in which like the people would represent their values, their culture, but, like everything reflects through the building envelope and like an entity of a building. Um, whereas in urban planning and urban design, you're dealing with different type of systems. You're dealing with like urban systems, urban infrastructure. You're, you're dealing with um, uh, economical growth, right? Uh, governmental public policies um, and although the ultimate goal is for both of them is to add to the quality of life of people or promote the quality of life. Uh, it's just the, the matter is to um, look into projects with different lenses and different scales, different systems. So um, I, that, that's how I categorize the, the challenges, right? So it's, it's all about where, what lens you're putting on and in terms of the scale of the project that you're looking into. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like thinking like systems thinking and like thinking about different types of systems, as you said, is really important. I work obviously in transportation, so that's a little bit different. But even thinking about like a trans like a traffic management of like a whole area versus like a bike lane for one area, like there's different thinking and different kind of methods that you would use to go about those two problems. And so I appreciate that. And it's definitely like an interesting way of thinking about like an architectural scale being you know maybe confined to a building but it still is part of the urban fabric and part of the design of the urban landscape so thank you right. for sharing that um and as someone who comes from kind of like a sustainability environmental background i'm always interested in the considerations that um, architecture and architects and planners take in terms of increasing, you know, sustainability on an environmental scale and resilience as we, you know, face a changing planet. And so um, I'm interested in how you integrate sustainable design principles into architectural and community development projects. Absolutely. Um, well, before I get into that, I think I should mention that I, I've been also teaching a sustainability course uh, mm. at City for the past five years. Uh, I wish I had more time for more teaching because I love it. Um, but um, but teaching this course to undergrad, mainly architecture students, but there are like other uh, design um, students that usually take my course too. Um, that has been giving me a different level of sustainability approach and view um, and you know, helping me be really up to date with my research and uh, the ongoing technology. So I, I'm really grateful for that. Um, but in terms of when I when I think um, about you know planning and architecture, um, as we mentioned, they have like different scales, different focus points, different sets of goals, um, even 
Um, but especially in, in, in the past couple decades, right, uh, these two uh, fields have been sharing the same concerns and common ground like sustainability, resiliency, equity, um, affordability, social justice. You know, these are the these are the ongoing issues that everyone has been dealing with with different projects in different scales. And um, the you know they've been um, opening and, and encouraging these two professions to work together and super closely with one another. Um, to engage in deeper dialogues, uh, dialogues and exchange to um, and exchanges to achieve um, goals, you know, all together to improve the social, environmental, economical, and spatial qualities for communities. So I think it goes beyond when you're looking into sustainabilities and resiliency um, specifically. Um, it goes beyond the scale of the project. Um, obviously, you're dealing with different sets of goals. Um, but the ultimate goal um, is, you know, it's a common ground that we are all trying to achieve the same um, sets of goals. So I think that's that's where they overlap. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, um, when I was an undergrad, worked for, um, we had at University of California, there's a carbon neutrality initiative, and I worked a lot with like doing research on lead buildings. And so that was like something that, because we were trying to, you know, increase our ratings of our buildings. So I feel like that's as close as I ever got to like an architectural like design space, but it was actually really interesting how lead, which stands for, I think leadership in an energy and environmental design. It like extends beyond just like the building, like it's like the aesthetic and like how do people feel when they're in the building? So I felt that that was really interesting and obviously goes along with sustainability goals. Um, right. No, I yeah. totally agree. I think sustainability is is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It goes beyond, um, you know, design professions. I think that's one thing that I try to promote in my class and to draw everyone's attention to is to be more sustainable as an individual. You know, it's it's beyond what you do in your profession. Obviously, as a trained, um, you know, architect or designer, it's really important to pay attention to local materials, to, you know, the, the construction methods and paying attention to sustainability and resiliency. Um, but I think it's it's it needs more training and more educational in terms of us learning in general about climate change and sustainability. Um, so it's a little beyond that. <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, this conversation is very interesting because I think like as I continue to hear, you know, your two different perspectives coming from two different backgrounds, it just seems that architecture is, you know, obviously very hyper specific. And there's a lot of things that you have to integrate by a standard. There's, you know, a lot of kind of considerations in how something is going or how a building is going to be designed you know not just for people but for function and then we have the urban planning side of things which then involves the larger picture of you know how is this going to not only affect the people within the building but also people externally or you know a, a given space and area whatever the case may be and so 
you know, we also are very aware that any field is going to continue to evolve. And so the same thing will be happening, you know, in the fields of architecture and planning as well. And so what kind of role do you see for professionals like yourself who have expertise in both areas? And how do you think architects and planners can kind of collaborate more effectively to address these more contemporary urban challenges that we're seeing? So both, um, I think the good news is that both architects and planners are designers, right? So we have a common area to start with, um, to start right there. And um, I think both professions are concerned with the functionality, the arrangement of the areas or spaces, efficiency and spatial appearances, right? Um, I think it falls down like your that collaboration between architects and planners um, obviously comes into like that middle ground and overlap between the two professions. So architects were um, planners, you know, way before the, the, the urban planning officially starts in started in US in, in late 19th century, right? And um, I think the, the beauty of urban planning for me and the, the main reason that I switched from architecture to planning uh, was that urban planning is an interdisciplinary field, right? And um, that having that key component in planning, having that interdisciplinary is a means of solving problems and answering questions that cannot be um, um, satisfactorily be answered or ad addressed using single methods or approaches, right? So you need a group of professionals and different in different fields to come up with um, a collective answer. It's a collective effort, right? So you need architects, you want landscape architects, you uh, need different like variety of engineers, you need civil, you need traffic, uh, you need utility manager, management, um, it's a need like land use attorneys, right? Financial advisors. So for me, having that um, like planning as an as an interdisciplinary field is that is where that collaboration between different professions, especially between architects and planners, um, come into play. Because um, it's you know that 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 whole definition behind the. Um, problem solving as a, as a group, as a team, uh, is, an, is a great inspiration for collaboration between different professions, especially the, the planners and architects. Um, and that's the only way in my mind that you can address and resolve these complex urban, um, you know, uh, problems. I, let's not call them problems. Um, let's call them, I don't know, puzzles, right? Um, to achieve a, um, a like a really efficient, um, environmental friendly, user friendly, uh, public and private built environments. Um, and I think it's, it's, you know, you see that collaboration. I can give you an example. We work on a lot of affordable um, housing projects um, in the city. And if, if you want to look into what the architecture teams uh, work on in our office and, and like what we do in terms of um, like working on a different scale for an affordable housing project is that, you know, 
as, as like architects and designers, they, they focus on making the building as efficient as possible, as sustainable as possible, uh, as comfortable as possible uh, for the end users. And as planners, uh, we look into that same building or a, a, you know, a, a group of building that we're looking into for uh, a sectional, like a section in the neighborhood and make it and make sure that um, everything from transportation, from public open spaces, from um, you know infrastructure, uh, parking, um, looking into wastewater management, water management, all those things um, are in place in order to you know to to accommodate and and um, for for the projected population that is going to go into that neighborhood because of that affordable housing project. You know what I mean? So they all like that collaboration happens hand in hand. It's just in different uh, with different points of view and with different sets of goals. I think I answered your question. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. I I obviously Natalie and I are pretty new to our careers. I have not even started my job, but I was an intern with Fair and Peers in LA and I was always shocked at like for any given project, how many subs we were working with, how many other firms and individuals and, you know, government entities, like you are so like you hit the nail on the head, like the, it is so interconnected. Like I work with civil engineers all the time and transportation engineers and planners. And that's just like within transportation. And then you talk about like landscaping and, you know, utilities and all of these other facets that, I honestly was not like fully aware before I started working, like how much of that goes on. Like as in transportation, I was kind of like, oh yeah, like transportation, it's pretty niche, but like, no, it, you do work with so many different types of people and so many firms. That is so true. And I think if you want to add one more very interesting layer to what I do on a daily basis is that I deal with, um, not like the end user directly, but you know, not not in the same level as like the architecture. Um, but you deal with like uh, planning boards, you deal with community boards, you you deal with like representatives from different communities that you're designing for or you're planning for, which is amazing because we have all these uh, you know workshops that we sit together, we go over their needs, we hear them out, and that that part is fascinating to me it's really inspiring and that's one of the main like one of the other reasons that I love planning over architecture <laughs> yeah I think community engagement and community involvement in the process is like from my understanding more prevalent now than before and it's kind of becoming something that is very integral to the planning process and I think that that is fantastic um and I just wanted to thank you for talking about like the reasons why someone might switch careers because we have a lot of our audience is younger, you know, in school, just out of school, kind of starting their careers. And so I think that it's really valuable to hear, you know, your first, second job, even third job out of school or out of high school, whatever. It doesn't need to be the job that you stick with. Like, you can always switch. So I think that that's very valuable. And I want to thank you for being honest with that and being open about some of the challenges that you might have had or the reasons that you had for switching. And um, yeah. Absolutely. As long as your goal is like set up and, and clear in your head, that's sky's the limit.
Absolutely. I love that. The sky is the limit, especially in urban planning. <laughs> as, long, as long as the codes uh, let us go. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with us just about all of these different, you know, aspects of what you do on a daily basis and kind of just sharing your perspective on all of these different, you know, things and just considerations that maybe people hadn't heard of before. So really thank you again for, for chatting. And if you, you know, we would love to continue the conversation as things evolve and, you know, just stay in touch. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for the time. And um, I, I really enjoyed our conversation. And, and I, again, to all those um, future planners out there, uh, you will get there. Just hang in there. <laughs> it's a little longer process maybe than architecture because you have to gain a lot of experience and you have to be within, you know, involved with different types of projects. Um, but, you know, as a, as an, as a woman and an uh, international student that came to us as an international student, um, you, you just, you know, you will get there. So just hang in there. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode of Urban Planning is Not Boring. If you did, please remember to send us to your friends and follow us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, guys, urban planning is not boring. No, it is not. <laughs>